Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast, Bampocalypse Now. My name is Matt Hudson from the UK, obviously, and from what I watched tonight, and joining me as ever from across the pond is the statesman to my kingsman, it's John Burke from Burke Reviews. Dude, how on earth are you? I'm doing okay, considering the world is, you know, crazy right now, but otherwise okay. Yep, I, I second that. It's copy and paste from last week. We are in isolation. We're, we're, we're turning into Jack Torrance very slowly. Nothing's changed. We're still safe. We're still well. But more importantly, we hope you guys are doing well. Hopefully you guys are staying safe and adhering to the to the rules laid out and we can hopefully eventually see see an end to all of this. But um, Bampocalypse Now, we're here to talk movies. This is our little mini-series. This is, this is episode number nine. So if you haven't checked out the other eight, do go check them out. They're a lot of fun. But the Bampocalypse Now, basically we wanted to tap into what was happening now not to make light of it but you know this is a once in a lifetime thing so we wanted to watch films that revolved around themes of isolation pandemic quarantine uh, or post-apocalyptic themes um and that's what we're doing some of the films we have seen some we haven't seen some i've seen some john's seen vice versa so it's a pretty cool little mashup so for episode nine we're diving into something very close to home for me it's 28 days later from 2002 uh, so the details, Rotten Tomatoes, 87% critically a hit. Metascore, a very respectable 73. $8 million budget, it made $85 million worldwide. Directed by Danny Boyle, written by Alex Garland. Stars, Killian Murphy, Naomi Harris, Christopher Eccleston, Noah Huntley and Brendan Gleeson. And in the UK, if you're going to watch this film like I did, it's available on Netflix quite handily. Uh, John, US, where can the listeners list watch it? It's available on Hulu, which is this is one of the first ones that actually had like a streaming service for the US, uh, which was nice. Um, I owned it already, so it wasn't like needed, but it was still like, oh, look, it's actually on something people can watch if they're subscribed. So and I did confirm I didn't just like Google it. I, I, made, I went on my Hulu account and made sure it was there. So it is free if you have the subscription to Hulu. So apocalypse now we do our research and before we jump in in the main show for for the bloody awesome movie podcast we are spoiler free uh, for these episodes we are we like to issue a spoiler warning because there is a high chance that we'll mention plot points or um, things that happen in the film which if you haven't seen it will probably derail your experience when you see it so if you haven't seen 28 days later go spend a couple of hours watching it come back and listen to us and see if you agree or if you disagree with what we've got to say so First up, I I really like Twenty Eight Days Later. Um, I really really like Twenty Eight Days Later. Before Trance, before Yesterday, before Millions, Daniel Francis Boyle gave us this, and I like it for a few reasons. Um, it's people people label it as a zombie movie. It isn't a zombie movie. It's a it's an infection movie. It's set a few weeks after a, an incurable virus takes out the UK population, um, but the the contagion is like a rage inducing virus. Which is which turns people into just that, into just angry, uh, angry, infected, quote unquote zombies. But they run, goddamn, do they run after you? They don't want to eat you. They want to beat the hell out of you and vomit blood all over you. It's quite terrifying. But not just that. There's a it's a political metaphor completely. It's a human drama as well running through it. Um, 
it's derivative and original at the same time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you think a zombie or affected, you go back to the Romero films and all those. But it's also, like I say, there's there's more to it than just that. It is a, it's a there's a lot of beautiful moments in this film mixed with like actual heart pumping terror. A lot of that is down to the way that um, Danny Boyle shot this kind of like the the indie quality of shooting this, uh, and a lot of it is also down to the wonderful performances. Killian Murphy as Jim is believable. Very good. He's he's very very good. Naomi Harris is great as Selena. She'll kick your ass and she'll chew your bubble gum, um, and she gets some nice sort of maternal development with, later on with um, Megan Burns' character. Brendan Gleeson is wonderful in this film mm-hmm. as Frank the taxi driver. I love Brendan Gleeson, and um, there's some, there's just some great moments in it. The empty grocery store, the the single drop of blood into the eyeball, yeah. the tunnel drive. There's some brilliant moments in this film which had me on the edge of my seat but it's also the quieter moments and something that jb said off air atmosphere this film is just dripping with atmosphere and it launched a zombie horror genre again whether that's for better or worse it really kick-started with resident evil really kick-started this genre and i know i've just said it isn't a zombie horror but you know they they act like zombies but they are not so 28 days later as a as a top level there i really dig this film it get it really it gets me every time and just seeing Jim wandering through London, you'll never ever see London that that quiet. And it is it's like, it's like trance inducing the way what the rate all works. But I really like Twenty Eight Days Later, and I hope to God I don't get infected by it. But uh, what about you though, that JB? Um, well, I, I have a lot uh, that I because one, I am um, a fan of Danny Boyle. Um, I had not seen a lot of his movies when I started Burke Reviews, and so I. Um, he became a director I, be, I was really interested in and I started going through his filmography and I've seen, I think almost everything. I haven't seen uh, one of his real early ones with uh, Ewan McGregor. Um, I can't think of what it is. Something Bury Your Dead. Is that it? Uh, Danny Boyle. Yeah, Shallow, Shallow Grave. Grave. Shallow Grave. I have not seen. Um, I, I saw that as well. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen A Life Less Ordinary, which is on my, like I have that to watch. Um, I saw the beach when I was a kid, honestly, uh, recently watched sunshine slumdog millionaire. I refuse to watch 127 hours because I'm not a big James Franco fan and I don't want to watch him cut his arm off. Um, yeah. so I'm just like, no, um, I, I've missed several, but, uh, I think it was Steve jobs that really sparked my interest in Boyle though. Cause I, I was so impressed with that movie. I, I love that film. Um, and then I, I think this was one of the first ones I went to cause I am a fan of the zombie genre in general. And while you were right, they're not zombies in the sense that they're not dead, but everything else about them are zombie-esque, except this creates a trend with the fast zombies. Again, they're not technically zombies, but we see this happen more and more like World War Z. We have the runners and stuff like that, um, which is horrifying because that's one of the reasons this movie is so scary is because when there are zombie, quote unquote, zombie attacks, they happen out of nowhere. Like you're just like, and they burst through a window or whatever, and it's like, holy crap um and they're you know start running and uh they're they are easier to kill than a zombie because it's they're still people so yeah. uh, in the sense that i mean like it's not just a headshot technically that would take them out you take out their heart they're gonna be dead but um I, i'm so i like Boyle a lot now i i always forget this but I've become a really big fan of Alex Garland, and I forget he wrote the screenplay for this movie, yes. um, which is one of the things that I love about Ex Machina, and I, I was a big fan of Annihilation. Um, I really like his his style, so 
that that makes this movie even more appealing. So you get these two guys that I, I highly respect in their field. Granted, Boyle's last film yesterday was a bit of a, a disappointment for me. Um, Mm-hmm. but I, I do attribute that more to the writing than the directing. Um, and I, I was excited to see a Boyle Bond movie. So yes. we're not getting that. Uh, and apparently we're not getting Bond anytime soon anyways. Um, we're but much anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yes, true. Uh, it seems, I don't know, man. Trolls uh, World Tour did so well. Maybe more studios will um, will go with this online uh, distribution model for now. Um Sets up a precedent, though. But I mean, that's I a, know, sto- that's a story me. for another time. But yeah, it's, there's a lot that could fall out from that. But uh, you know, so I, I I really like this movie the first time. Um, I like the sequel as well. I don't know which one I like more. Um, but one thing that I don't always care about uh, when I watch a movie is the score. But I love the music in this movie. Like Dude. that that song at the end, man. When everything starts going down, it's so. I mean, I think they use it throughout the film, but it like it really really works in the end that music is so good and it's uh john murphy i believe did the score yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and man just one of those scores that just hits that tone so perfectly builds that atmosphere that you mentioned already um and it, it just man it's like because there is an action element to this movie which makes sense for some zombie films not all zombie films tackle with action but i, I would say this one does uh more so in 28 weeks but um you know because the, there are those scenes where like it's a fight or flight type situation and uh yeah it's just it, it's an encapsulating movie i mean some of those um this movie's getting a lot of talk right now because of the the footage of like the different countries around the world that are the streets are empty where it's usually busy like andrea buccelli did the uh the youtube concert this weekend from italy and yeah. all i've heard people talk about is how creepy it was seeing the city empty you know and that has been like you you like yes yes his singing was amazing but i couldn't get past <laughs> the street, you know um and that like the opening sequence of this movie with silly murphy walking around and uh jim i guess walking around uh the empty streets or the i mean they're not just like empty like our streets when you see it like are clean and empty these are like war torn and there's cars Definitely. scattered yeah it, it looks like something happened like there was a battle which is not the case thank goodness for our virus it's just making people you know cough to death kind of thing but um uh it it's the, like so those visuals are really uh haunting and i keep seeing that this movie brought up in reference to those because that, those scenes are they start so quiet and so creepy and then um of course we start the movie with a, a nice dick shot of silly murphy so that's always fun <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it was good thanks, for that yep yeah thanks danny boyle uh but um you know uh it's 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 such an atmospheric film you get great performances um and oh man that blood drip sequence is so ah every time i see it it freaks me out for like multiple reasons like i do have like i have an eye thing like eye phobia if you will. <laughs> like i get freaked out at stuff with eyeballs so like the fact that it had to drip into his eye and it's like oh my god we're so vulnerable to everything <laughs> like and it's frank as well yeah i loved uh, frank as a character well and i'm gonna say something controversial matt Here we this, go. Mo- this movie has arguably the best doctor okay go on no, no. He's going to sit there. That, that's the tea. I'm a big fan of Ecclestein. Um, and I I think I watched the first, well, the first reboot season of Doctor Who. Because yeah. it had been on hiatus for a while, right? And then Ecclestein came back as the, the new Doctor. And that was like yeah, the, the resurgence. Comeback type thing, yeah. And 
I watched that season after watching this movie. So I was like really on board with Ecclestein after those two things. And, um, I, I, it took me a while to get through season one, like, but I, or whatever season nine or 20, I don't know what, you know, but whatever season he was, he was the ninth doctor. Um, yeah, yeah. and so for me a long time, he was my doctor and I didn't need, I didn't understand the dynamic of the show when I jumped in. So I didn't know he wouldn't be my doctor. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I'd, I'd gone in like full that this was the dude. And so like, when I found out that he was only in the season, that season, I was like, I'm just not going to watch the rest. <laughs> I've never actually watched Doctor Who. So I remember, what? I remember him. It's never, it's never Doug. I, I think I've seen one episode. Oh man. One episode. And it's actually one I see referenced quite a lot. I can't remember who the doctor was now, but there was um these statues that you can't stare at them or you die. Um, uh, yes. The angels. Um, I forget. The angels. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I see that reference quite a lot, but I remember Christopher Eccleston was, Highly regarded, actually, especially as he had the unenviable task of bringing the Doctor back. But um, I, I hear a lot of people liked his portrayal, but I've just never... I don't know, I've, just never, I've never dug Doctor Who. Um, and even now, with um, Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor, I still haven't even tried that. But maybe one day I will, but I'm starting to think maybe I'm... Interesting. Maybe it's too far gone. There's been so many chances to watch it, and I just haven't I, gravitated I, to watch I it. I do like David Tennant, to be fair. I actually, I would probably put him above Ecclestein, but, um, and Matt Smith was good. I didn't watch uh, Capaldi or the... I, and it's, I haven't watched any of them consistently, mind you. I've only seen all of season nine, I think, or, or whatever, again, the Doctor Nine. I've only seen all of that season. I've Eccleston seen... Doctor a lot of tenant i've not seen all of i did see when he transitioned to matt smith though and then i saw sporadic episodes of matt smith and i've it's i like it and again there's some the his sidekicks have always been great billy piper was awesome with epicene and then um karen gillian i'm a big big fan of her like in general so like you know i can't kind of made her name wasn't it yeah it, it definitely and then you know she's she's come a long way and she's directed things and stuff now too um and and uh but uh, so the, I am a fan of Eccleston. I, I hate his character in this, but you're supposed to. So it's not yes. like a criticism. Um, but man, I I hate characters like this in these movies because it. I don't know. I I I guess there's a naivety to me, especially right now, that I want to believe people will will lean to the good side of things. And I don't know. Like there's always this thing in movies where men just seem like they they have to have sex all the time. You know, like. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's because I grew up a nerd or what, but like, I've never felt that (laughs) compelled, like where I would hurt somebody for, you know what I'm saying? Like I've never, and that's, that's the right way to think, but movies always seem to depict like, no, no, most men will immediately fall into being rapists if there's no law. And that (laughs) that bothers me like so much because it's, it's, there's so many films where I'm like, why is that dude a rapist now? Like what? these all these guys are soldiers all of the soldiers were rapists like what are you come on like all that time yeah i know what you mean yeah just just be behind behind the hat and the eyes lay that and it it does just seem to come out of nowhere i mean i get i get i get what they're going for that if 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 the population's gone then you know men will go back to their primal instincts of mating blah blah but yeah it seems heavy-handed at times it does and and again um i mean obviously the the one defense that anyone who's writing a movie like this could say is that well you've never been in this situation and they would be right i've yeah, never yeah. been in this extreme of a situation Such would, yeah. but at the same time if my life was being threatened by zombies every five seconds 
I really don't think I'd be thinking about having sex. Like, I don't think that's where my brain would go. Like, I would I, be... As it's much as I don't want to admit it on the airwaves, I, I think you might be right. I think first, I'd be like, like survival first, uh, cuddle later. It's pretty, pretty right. going to be. Yeah, because it's like, you can't make noises without attracting the zombies. So your your thought is to rape a woman, and that won't bring the zombies or whatever you want. The rage monsters? Like, are you kidding? Like, it's... And again, it's not a criticism to Garland. This is a, a trope that is in, yeah. in this uh, any post-apocalyptic movie. I mean, you can go to Road Warrior. There are scenes where they're having sex. It's like, granted, there's no zombies, but your world is like in chaos and you're default. Yeah. But even then, at least there's not like immediate danger. This, the, where the rape sequence is happening or the attempted rape sequence is happening in this movie, there is they are surrounded by danger at that point and it's like Maybe dude that's what gets them going i guess man <laughs> it took zombies to get their libido out and again uh it, it is i think the the point that when you see this happen in movies is that the worst of us come out and also i think what uh quiet place 2 that w- would be starring Cillian murphy um was alluding to in the trailer especially with his character is that the the people who have survived are not the kind of people you would want to help they are the the worst of humanity and that's what I want to really direct the rest of this podcast is not so much about the movie, but how this movie is so freaking scary right now. Like we are seeing people doing the worst elements of humanity too often. I mean, granted buying all the toilet paper, isn't the worst thing a person could do, but it's that lack of empathy. It's the lack of awareness of the need of others and the selfishness that we keep seeing. And People are buying a lot of guns and bullets here. And well, that's... that's yeah. I, unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, that, that's something. Obviously, we don't have. Thankfully, we don't have free license over here, and that will always be the way because this is the way. It has to be that way. Obviously, I know. Uh, without me to start an international debate, I know you guys over there have, you know, the right to bear arms and all that in the amendment, and lots of people take that to heart. Lots of people don't agree, but. Um, it's worrying if the if the uptake is is you know if the swing is going up on those kind of things because you wonder why because it's you right. can't shoot the virus. Well, and I mean, obviously, they are either it's one of two things, right? It's either fear that people will try to take what you have, and so you're getting a defensive position, or the idea that you might need to take what people have, and you're taking an offensive position. And those either one of those is scary. And then when you we watch Contagion. That was addressed, right? Like there's the scene where Matt Damon watches his neighbor's house get broken into with two men with shotguns and you hear gunfire yeah. and it's like, oh my God. And then you That's pair terrifying. it with, that was... right. And then you pair it with this and you see the martial law and how that martial law is, is becoming uh dark because there, there's a sense of like, they've, they've snapped, they've lost it there. They are paranoid. Um, and obviously, we, like the the idea that it's only happening to them. I mean, that's one of the things we're so connected because 2002, the internet exists, but it's dial up. Uh, DSL might be a, becoming a thing, but it's still not in every area yet. Yeah, but you don't got smartphones in your hand, right? You don't have always connection like we have now, and there's no such thing. MySpace is not a thing yet in 2002. So <laughs> or Bebo, right? Uh, there's none of that yet. So there's there is a disconnect, and so there's a speculation that right now is not a concern. We know what's happening in the world right now. And that's why yeah. it's so mind-boggling when certain politicians try to lie because it's like, <laughs> dude, we have literal access. And that's why it's even more mind-boggling when people accept the truth presented to them by by these false lies when the, the there's so much out there. 
but uh so it's possible that all that like the isolation that these guys are experiencing the the fear that they are obviously justified in experiencing and the uh the the mistrust in the government that uh he speculates that he thinks it's only uh england right is it england uh, am i saying the right yeah, 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 um, that is blockaded and that the rest of the world might be okay and so all of that kind of compounding together he's he's lost his mind there is kind of um i wouldn't say the rest of the film has an apocalypse now but i definitely think that uh you know you, you have that comparison to apocalypse now here with the the crazy military leader um you know like not trusting his government not trusting the situation and being kind of desperate for a, a change i think there is a similarity there and i even think how uh boyle chooses to shoot a lot of silly murphy's like attack sequences feels similar to like uh um is it it's it's hoffman right in, in a, apocalypse now, yeah. Martin, yeah. martin sheen it's martin sheen martin sheen sorry in apocalypse sorry, now, mix, sorry. Mix them up. well it's you know how like when martin sheen's coming back to attack like you see like the the head halfway underwater and it's real yeah, dark yeah. and so I feel like a lot Absolutely. of the lighting in this sequence kind of reminds me of that that moment. Um, I, don't, I I really there's so many cool things in this movie, um, and it's it's just full. Of, it's it's really well written, which is not surprising because Garland I think is is very introspective and he likes to he likes to work in metaphor. I think he likes to to play on big issues and dabble it into like sci-fi or horror, and he does it really really well. Yeah, I I agree. I like whereas Annihilation it fell apart at the end for me. The rest of it, I really dug that film. Ex Machina again, really really like that. And even things like the beach, we um he wrote the beach. That's right. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I need fine to with that, that as well. I saw exactly the same here. I saw that when I was in high school, and I hated Leonardo DiCaprio because he was the rival. Yeah. All, <laughs> yeah, all the girls liked Leo, and I was I looked nothing like Leo. I had no no chance. Right, like if, if the tables the, have turned now. Right. <laughs> He does look a little rough now, but <laughs> but he still looks better than me. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. No, like, we're JB's a changed man now. But yeah, um, I you know, 28 days. If you've skipped it and you've listened to this podcast, I, I this movie is more about the atmosphere, so I don't really feel like there's any spoilers. Like we we maybe spoiled what happens with that confrontation at the end, but that isn't really what the movie's about. It it, no, it becomes that at the end. We spoiled it too much. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the end, and we're not going to we're not going to say what happens at the end, but the actual finale of the film, the very end, like the very end scenes. What did you What did you think about the way uh, Boyle and Garland wrap this whole thing up? Um. Well, that's should we mention that there's alternate endings? Like apparently there's... Um, there are alternate. Endings. I mean, yeah. so I guess for the theatrical ending, how does how do you think that went? And then yeah, the alternate endings as well. So um. You know, I I think it works. Uh, I like the. Are we saying like the epilogue where they're twenty eight yes. days later? Yes, okay. uh, that's twenty eight days later. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think that works. Uh, it's believable. I think it it kind of wraps the opening image too, because that's we start with like him in isolation. So we start with him recovering again, but this yeah. time we know why because uh, the gunshot and then, um, the the hope that's left there, right? Like that there's a chance that they can survive. Um, yeah. I think you need that in a movie this desolate, um, in this kind of dystopian, like, um, cause like when you look at Shaun of the Dead, which was the same year, right? It was 2004, wasn't Shaun oh, of the Dead? okay. Sorry. So it's after it, it coincides with, uh, the Dawn remake. That's what it was. The Dawn of the Dead yes. comes out at the same time. Um, 
I knew they were like close. I knew it was close to another zombie movie, and that's it. It, it didn't a lot do of zombie as well. films came out in the short vicinity afterwards. Yes, because this movie, like you said, resurged the the genre that had faded. Um, but uh, you know, you need optimism. Like Sean gives you the optimism in two thousand four with like you know, hey, we we figured out not only can we live with the zombies, but you know, it survives. So it's like, hey, um, it, it's uh, I think a necessary. Feel. What, what about you do you uh dislike it no same i um i like it i um it i i basically i agree with what you said i'm not going to try and expand too much because you've pretty much just said it. a film like this you kind of need to have something at the end to grab onto and whilst during the film you've got moments where you think oh no i.e the blood in the eye and stuff like that to have it have it at the end where you've gone through everything and still have that spark of hope at the end because the end doesn't bring any real finality but it gives you that spark which is what i like you don't see like a montage of um of like of like complete success but it gives you the feeling that you know we like you said we've we've lived through this we've survived you know everything everything might just be okay here so i yeah i like i like how they went with that but um the alternate endings were slightly different obviously because they're alternate they all of them killed jim and so that's you know, that's surprising uh, that they would go that far. But then again, that would harken back to um, Night of the Living Dead, right? Where yeah. our, our hero dies tragically at the end. Um, but I don't know if Jim's death would have the same potential meaning that the death of the main character in Night of the Living Dead has, you know, um, um, especially how he dies. I don't think I don't think it would. I mean, it wouldn't. It, it, you always want the heroes to survive. So it would be a bummer, I think. But yeah. Given the situation, I think it would also be a case of well, you know, it, there it was there was more chance of this happening than not. So he just right. didn't particularly want it to happen. And it's not like I, I guess I haven't seen the alternate ending, so I don't know what the uh, like how the deaths are played out. If he just dies because of the gunshot, or does he die earlier, like save trying to save her? Does he fail to save her? You know, like how how bleak does it get? I guess is where I'm not a hundred percent, but. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's it's interesting whenever movies have alternate endings. Um, some people get really hyped about that kind of thing. Usually there's a reason they're not the ending, right? Like, because yes. they're not as good as the one they chose. And that's not always the case, because sometimes, uh, obviously, that's subjective. Like, maybe you want a bleak ending. I, I'm a, I am often a fan of, like, fatalistic or nihilistic films in the noir genre, especially, that end with the, the down note. But um, more often, like, I don't mind a little sour, but I like a, a little bit of at least a glimmer of hope that something yeah, yeah. could survive. And that's what I think the actual ending does for this film. So, yeah, and we just watched The Road for Christ's sake. So talking about a film where you needed a glimmer of hope and kind of got it with that one. Um, and you mentioned as well, like, in, like the just before we wrap up, uh, the, the shotgun world of maniacs. I mean, The Road had that as well. Mm-hmm. You have these these people trying to survive, but in in the area or in the country of gangs roaming around tooled up to kill you and eat you. So, uh, yeah, it, it seems to be something which is prevalent in these films and to hear that that, that is a uh, trend that's on the rise is slightly worrying. But, uh, yeah, so 28 Days Later, uh, before I before we wrap up then, John, if somebody said to you tonight, I want to watch 28 Days Later, uh, I'm aware that there's a pandemic going on, but should I watch it? Is it worth it? What would you say? I, I think I think yes. Um, I think this one is there's enough of the horror and even to a degree the sci-fi genre because of the the nature of the creatures um, that I think you can get past. It's not like a one for one of what's happening right now. 
um it definitely still like again those images of the empty streets and stuff are being literally compared to the our real world now so there is some areas where it's going to freak you out and i do think the way that the infection can spread in this because it's not just if you're bitten it's like if the blood gets in you or whatever um it's it's more like a contagious virus than some zombie depictions so like and that that's kind of freaky and also the rate in which like the virus kicks in is super fast in this movie um and so like it's it's you know because like in zombie films you can be bit and hide for like a week before you turn sometimes you know depending on the zombie movie but uh and depending where you were bitten but i mean like that's like there's like a whole season of the walking dead where a character is like hiding a bite almost you know so um this is like you get infected you you are done and the the gleason scene is heartbreaking so yep i'd recommend it on the faces that's just a bloody good film i really enjoyed this film in uh, as a as a film i i think it's a great great film as like a as a allegory for what's going on now yeah it's not quite to scale but you know <laughs> certain elements aren't far off if i see somebody rampaging down my street um vomiting blood then i'll start to get i'll probably won't watch this film again but we're not at that stage yet and also we're not going to be but performances wise uh, directing, story, writing. The story is fairly um, light, but writing, can't argue the man. So yeah, absolutely. So if you like a just a post-apocalyptic horror film, you'll be you'll be laughing with this. So um, that wraps up this episode of the bloody awesome movie podcast, Bam Apocalypse Now, episode nine of our mini series. So uh, JB, if the world wants to find you, and they should do online, where can they? They can find me at BurkeReviews.com and on all the social medias. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at BurkeReviews. And what about you, Matt? Uh, they can find me at WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk, what I watch tonight, Twitter and Instagram, uh, and on Letterboxd, W-I-W-T. If you want to find the show, more importantly, on Twitter, you can at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast, and Instagram. And on Instagram, we are Bloody Awesome Movie Pod, P-O-D. And together, we're bloody awesome. So that is that. Thank you for listening, guys. Stay safe, stay well. From me, keep it bloody awesome. And from JB, keep watching movies. Blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody.